Hello, Monetization Nation. Today, I'm joined by Eric Twiggs. Eric is a certified life and business coach. He's an award-winning speaker and author. He's the founding partner and president of the What Now Movement, uh, where his mission is to build high-performing entrepreneurs, authors, and career professionals. Thank you so much for joining us today, Eric. Hey, thank you for having me on your show. It's truly an honor. Hey, can you start off by sharing with us something that you are super passionate about? I'm passionate about helping people win and just seeing people make progress. You know, like, for example, I was talking to an entrepreneur that I coach and she's been in business for seven years and she was able to go to Guatemala for three out of the four weeks of the month of May and May was the best month she'd ever had in business. And, and to me, that, that's just huge. She set her business up to the point where she doesn't have to be there. And when you and I know what it was like when she when, when her and I start, first started working together, she couldn't leave and she was afraid to leave. And now she can just go out of the country. And so those types of stories, it's like that, you know how you go to the golf course and you make that one shot straight down the fairway and you're like, oh man, this, that, that's what that's like for me. So I get excited when I see people make progress. And, and, and the funny thing is, is I see people who they get a lot of accolades now and everybody sees them as a major success, but I knew them when they started and I see, I know the progress that they've made. So that seeing people progress, that that's really what that lights my fire. Can you tell us a little bit more about your story, your journey to become this uh, expert entrepreneur and, and a coach? So it really started for me in college. It was my senior year at Hampton University, and I was having this conversation with my good friend, Donnell. And now I have to admit, he, he and I were a little different. He, he was all about his purpose, and I was all about the party. And he would always say, Eric, you really need to get it together, figure out what you want to do. And I'm like, man, loosen up. We have plenty of time for all that. Are you coming to the frat party with me or not? And so several weeks go by and we don't talk. But then I get a phone call from his mother informing me of the fact that he was killed in a car accident. Oh my goodness. Changed everything for me. It really sent me the message that maybe we don't have the time that we think to do the things that we want to do. And that, that's really what put me on the journey to get to this point now. And that's really when I started to focus on time management, being as productive as possible, overcoming procrastination. Uh, what's the greatest home run you've hit in your career? I, I would say publishing the book, The, the Discipline of Now. And, and I say that because it's just open, it's opened up so many different doors, right? Because like when I first wrote the book, I'm thinking about, okay, how many books can I sell and how much revenue will I make off of it? But, but it's really, it's introduced, it literally, it, I've built relationships around the world that I wouldn't have had had it not been for the book. I mean, Australia, Canada, uh, Singapore, uh, Dubai. I mean, literally all these places all around the world just because of the book. That was the starting point of us wanting to talk. And I, I've attracted so many excellent strategic partners because of the book. So, so the book was really a foundation. So from a, from a career standpoint, I, I think getting the book completed was the big home run that I hit. Love it. What's the biggest failure or mistake that you've made and what'd you learn from it? So it's interesting. The biggest mistake I made, it was 
during my corporate career, I, I was working in automotive, I was a district manager, and, and I really was just feeling like I needed a change. And, and so I decided to go work. So a lot of people in this company were going to this video business, right? And, and I was gonna be a district manager for these video locations. <laughs> and I remember, so I decided I was gonna do the same thing because that's where we were all going. So I took this position and I remember the first day, the first, I knew within my spirit the first day that I had made like a huge mistake. And I literally wanted to go run back and say, okay, hey, let, let's do a do-over. Let's pretend, let's pretend like that conversation we just had just that didn't happen. But I, I stuck it out. But I will say, looking back, and there's a lot of leadership lessons that I learned uh, while I was there. You know, because the, the big thing I learned, I, I learned situational leadership, right? So before I, at one point I had, I had people working for me who were pretty knowledgeable. They, they've been in the business longer than I had. So I, I had to lead, you know, I can lead them a certain way. I can just kind of give them the big picture and they can take the ball and run with it. But then I, when I got to the video business, I had people that you literally had to tell them, okay, this is how you fax something. You know, you take this piece of paper, you put it in the fax machine, make sure you have it turned this way, make sure you hit the green button. I, I, could, I mean, I literally, I couldn't just say, fax me that document. Um, so it, it really, I, I got a lot of valuable lessons. And I think my communication style to this day has been positively impacted because of that experience. But no, it, that, was a, that was a big mistake. Let's talk about your superpower for a bit. Um, your super, one of your superpowers is helping people overcome procrastination. Maybe you could take us through what are, what are the 12 practical principles that you talk about in your book that you use to help people overcome procrastination? So the book, The Discipline of Now, 12 Practical Principles, principles to Overcome Procrastination is divided into three sections, right? So you have, I break down the costs. I break down just the common causes of procrastination. And then I get into the cure, which is like my five-step uh, procrastination prevention pyramid. And so within that, so when I talk about, when I go into the cost of procrastination, you know, I'm late leaving, you know, a specific uh, principle, the same thing with the causes. Um, and then we get to the cure. So like one of, one of the principles deals with overcoming fear, right? Because fear is a leading cause of procrastination. You know, you could be afraid of success, afraid of failure, afraid of the unknown. But by the way, the fear of success is common. You know, because a lot of times when you're dealing with an entrepreneur and doing this next thing could take them to another level, sometimes there's a fear. And they start listening to that, that lizard voice, that lizard brain voice that we all have, and that can cause them to, to procrastinate. So what is the cure for that? If, if we are procrastinating because of a fear, how do we overcome that? So yeah, it, the key is awareness, right? So you, you have to, like people say all the time, well, Eric, you know, I just always procrastinate. No, you don't. If you really look, if you if you play back the tape, there's usually a pattern, or there's certain things you procrastinate about, right? For example, you may not, you probably, I don't know, they don't procrastinate when it comes to their home life, right? getting the kids on schedule and so forth and so on. But when it comes to work, 
it may be some, again, it's something that's aspirational that may be causing it. So if it's fear, it, let's say if it's a fear of success, I have a formula that I help people understand. It's called be, do, and have, right? So if I can become more, I can do more. Then if I can do more, I can ultimately have more. So if you're always focusing on becoming more, you don't really have to fear what's next because you know you'll be prepared, right? So that's the fear of success. That's what we don't, so if, you, if it's the fear of failure, the key there is you, you have to focus more on the process than you do the outcome, right? So, so for example, like I, I had, there's, I, I, sometimes I work with students and they have a fear of, well, what if I, my grade point average drops? What if I don't do well on this test? What if, you know, I have to have a certain GPA to stay in this major? So you have to really focus on the process, right? The process could be how many hours am I going to study per day? Okay, I'm going to study for two hours per day, right? I'm going to be in my study group uh, two days a week. So if you focus on the process, the outcome can take care of itself. So that's really, if you're, if you're dealing with those types of fears, those are the things to focus on to overcome procrastination. What's another practical principle to overcome procrastination? Let's go through a few more of them. So clarity is the starting point of success, right? And a lot of times we procrastinate because we're not really clear on where we're trying to go. And, and so it, the way it plays out is you end up saying yes to a lot of things that you should say no to. Because, you know, if you don't know where you're going, everything sounds like a good idea. Yeah. But if, you, if you've if got a clear vision of where you want to go, it makes it easier. And so for, so I, I, I work with people, I'll help them to start with a five-year plan. And you, you have to time travel. You have to put yourself, it's June of 2026, and you're talking to your business partner, you're talking to your spouse, and you're saying, yes. I did it. All right. What did you do? Right. Well, what, what does that ideal place look like? This is the best, you know, this is the best five years I've ever had in business. What, what, are, what are three to five specific results that you have that say that you did it? And then from there, so now we've got a five-year plan. And then from there, okay, what, what are the things we want to accomplish within the next 12 weeks? Right, because it, it's easy to stay on track when you set 12 week goals. So what are those three to five things that are gonna get you to the five year outcome? And, and then you break it down, okay, what do I need to be doing every day to get to the 12 weeks? So, so that's really how you really, you gain clarity. And, and when you're clear on what you want, what you really want, it makes it easier for you to say no to those things that don't line up. Yeah, that's great. Okay, uh, give me one more practical principle. So check your attitude, right? So that's another thing. So when I get into the attitude, I have the uh, procrastination prevention pyramid. And at the foundation of the base of the pyramid is your attitude because your attitude is at the foundation of your success. And the studies show that eight, the average person, 80% of your mental chatter is negative. And if you think about it, if you're an entrepreneur, you're in business, you're in business to solve problems. So you're focused on what's wrong, right? And, and so you really, but that can turn you into a pessimist, 
And if you're a pessimist, all the studies show that you're more likely to procrastinate. So you have to replace this habit of negativity with a positive habit. And that positive habit is gratitude. And you have to focus on, you really have to cultivate this. You really have to be intentional about focusing on the things you have to be, as you have to be grateful for and, and focusing on your wins. So here's something that's a game changer, right? Okay. When I work with people, when we have a session, the first thing I ask them is, okay, tell me about your wins since we spoke last time. And, and it's awkward for people. They're like, uh, what do you mean? What, when, what, huh, what? And, and, and a lot of people can, can't come up with anything. It really just trips them up because they're so focused on problems and what's wrong and the negative chatter. But when they really start, so I have to make a win log where you have to literally, I don't care how simple it is. Somebody gave you a five-star review. You caught that green light in time on your way into your office. Whatever that is, you know, you're writing down your wins. And the more wins you write down, the more wins you'll have to write down. And I have people now that literally they have 10 to 15 things to be grateful for. And it's a game changer and it shifts your focus. And you'll find that when you're in more of a positive mindset, you're going to procrastinate a whole lot less. Can you tell us a story of someone that you've worked with to help them overcome procrastination and the huge change in success they've been able to have in their life? Yeah, I have a business owner in particular who, when we first started, he said, oh, Eric, you just don't get it. I, I'm a notorious procrastinator. I always procrastinate. So one of the things I had him do is get in the habit of making appointments with himself. Right? And so instead of saying that uh, I'm going to look at resumes this week, and then it's Friday at 5 o'clock, and you never look at them, and I would say, look, you know, say Tuesday at 1 o'clock, 1 o'clock at 2 o'clock. That's going to be my hiring hour. I'm going to block that off. I'm going to hold my calls. And that's what I'm going to be focused on. I'm going to set my little Google calendar so it reminds me. And he just got in that consistent habit of making appointments with himself. And I mean, he's right. He's making more money than he's ever made. He's able to leave his business. And the business is better when he gets back. And a lot of it, I mean, he told me, hey, you, you've changed my life. Um, but a lot, but the, a lot of it was because we, he's got, and then, and then now the funny thing is when we talk, he'll say, yes, Eric, I made an appointment with myself. I know, <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> but, but I'm telling you that that's something that's a basic, if you look at anybody that's, that's listening right now is looking for a simple thing to do to stop procrastinating is getting that habit of just making appointments because whatever you see, when you say that it's an appointment, it's a priority for you. The people always say, oh, I didn't have time. Yes, you did. It, it just it just wasn't important enough for you to really uh, do it. So if you put it on your calendar, it now becomes important. Yeah. Okay. So let me restate that. You're saying that when someone says they don't have time, it's not that they didn't have time. It's that they allowed things that were less important to fill that time. And so you're recommending that we take the most important things in our week or our month or whatever that we're, we're trying to accomplish and we block them in. And that way, they're on our calendar and we won't schedule anything else in that spot. And as long as we keep those commitments with ourselves, then the most important things become a priority and get done. Absolutely. No, that, that's very well said, but you have to, you have to treat that appointment like it's, it's a, 
important client, right? Let's say you had an appointment, an important client that you're meeting on Wednesday at two o'clock. It's on your calendar. You wouldn't just not show up, right? Yep. <laughs> so you, you have to treat your appointment with yourself the same way. And it, and it has to be that serious. Chapter 10 of your book is about automation. Can you tell us a little bit more about how we can use automation to reduce procrastination? So that, that's good. I wish someone had told me this when I was first starting out, right? That, that just because something has to be done, it doesn't mean that you have to do it, right? And, and so what happens is there's something that's called task aversion. There's certain things, there's certain things in the business we just don't like to do. It's not that deep. You, you're procrastinating on that thing, but you just don't enjoy it. You know, you don't like taking the time to do it, but that doesn't mean you have to do it. So automation is all about setting up systems so that things, certain things can get done without you having to touch it. For example, automation could be as simple as hiring a virtual assistant to do a lot of those tedious tasks. Like, so for me, I don't like the details of scheduling people. Like I have a podcast, a 30 minute hour, and I have a virtual assistant who she, you know, she'll get, she'll connect with the people that want to be on the show, you know, schedule a pre-podcast call for me. So she does a lot of those little tedious details that, that it would be easy for me to procrastinate on. So that, so that's an example. And even with email, right? So you don't have to touch each and every email. I, I set up systems. So if, uh, if I'm CC'd on something, it automatically goes to a special folder where I don't have to, I can go back and read it. And that's just one less thing. So, so the, the idea behind automation is that it keeps you, you should really be operating more in your zone of genius, right? Those things that you're passionate about, that you're good at, that are really moving things forward. Okay. So automation allows us to get things done without us having to do them ourselves. What makes your book different than other procrastination books? Yeah, so, so this, this is my frustration, right? A, a lot of the books and the videos, like they make you feel like a loser if you don't wake up at three in the morning, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you're not up grinding at 3 a.m., you feel like you're a slacker. But so my book, one of the premises is that you don't have to be a, a morning person to have success. You, you can be a night owl. You can sleep in, if, you know, certainly if your career or entrepreneurial thing allows you to do that. But the, the key is really, you know, knowing your cycle, right? So, so the book, it, it's based off, you'll find something based off of your genetics, your body clock, you know, there's specific tailor-made tips to help you to move forward. You know, so the key is to really understand that, that it's best to schedule you know, like your high priority activities during the times of day when you have energy. So you have to know yourself. So if you're like me, I, am, I happen to be a morning person. So yeah, I'll wake up at 4.30 in the morning, but that's me. You know, just because if your body clock is different, you know, you can schedule your things, your high priority things when you have energy. So if you're like, like for, for me, I would, at first I would try to do a, do a, create a blog later in the evening. And it wouldn't work out because I've been through the entire day of talking to people and this yeah. and that. But you know, but some people they, they get juiced later in the day. That's when the ideas flow. So it's all about knowing yourself. But that, that's what makes my book different. So that and also the procrastination prevention pyramid that I mentioned earlier. 
Why don't you tell us about the procrastination pyramid? So it's based on, so I've done over 28,000 plus coaching sessions with entrepreneurs and executive leaders. And I put together this pyramid, just kind of all of the, based off of all the trends that I've seen. Um, and it's got five levels to it. Um, and you, you, we've already talked about two of the five levels. So the, the first level is attitude. We already talked about that's the foundation of the pyramid. That's the foundation of your success. Uh, the next level is awareness and, and really just being aware of what's causing you to procrastinate, you know, recognizing, being aware of your power times, being aware of the people that you're around. You know, I always say, you know, if you hang around three procrastinators long enough, you'll end up being the fourth. So, so it's all about awareness. You have attitude, you have awareness, you have animation is the next rung on the pyramid. And that's really all about your energy. Because for me, it, it's not so much time management, it's really more about energy management. And, and just be, being aware of the need to rest and recover. Like re recovery is so important. You know, you, you, it's easy to just, again, you know, one of the things that frustrates me with some of the things I read is all about grinding and grinding and grinding and grinding. But, but there's also time for rest and recovery, right? And, and when you can rest, then you, you know, that, that's why, you know, when your energy is in a good place, you're less likely to procrastinate. And if you think about, think about the times you procrastinated, you were, you, you were usually in a low energy place. Either you had low sleep, uh, you've, been, you've been working, is it at the end of a long day? Uh, so exit, you know, maybe we're not exercising. Uh, so all of those things. So we, we covered those. We talked about automation. And then at the top is activity. So and activity is at the top because you can't get to the top without taking action. But it's taking the right action and recognizing that only 20% of the things you do are getting you 80% of your results. In your book, you talk about uh, the different ways to combat procrastination based upon different personality types. Can you tell us about those different personality types? Yeah, so, so you have your, your dominant personality, your, your dominant, your type A. Uh, you, you, the type A personality is, is really focused on like the big picture and, and, and will tend to procrastinate on some of the little tedious things that they're important. It, it could be something as simple as household chores, right? Um, but they still need to be done. And, and the solution there is to look at, you know, is that something that you can have somebody else do? Is that something that you can automate uh, and, and, and really make sure that, so in the other side of that, flip it around, if you're, if you're talking to someone who's in that personality group, you, you really, you have to get to the point, right? You, you can't, you, you can't go on and on and on. You, you really have to tell them the bottom line up front. Um, so, so you have that, that dominant personality. Um, and then you, you have more of that, that motivational peacock personality type, uh, which is the second uh, personality. And, and that personality, they like to be social, the life of the party. They're very assertive. Uh, but they're going to procrastinate on things that seem like they're structured, that they don't like a lot of structure. They, they, they like to be free and easy. 
Um, so this personality type, they, they would make bad accountants <laughs> because they don't really like those little tedious details. So if it comes across as something that's a tedious, uh, tedious detail where it's not fun, um, that person is going to procrastinate. So, so if you're if you're in that category, you know, for example, you may work. It, it, it may motivate you to work out by having a community because you're so social. So you know, having people that you know that you can talk to, and because you're you're very outgoing. So so you know, building that system up. And and so I mean, there's a couple other personalities. You have the people that are really analytical. Uh, where they they have the whole paralysis by analysis thing, where they they really take a long time to make decisions, um, and the easiest thing for them to do is nothing, because they they really like to think overthink things, and if they don't really have everything spilled out and spelled out, they they may not take action. So if you're that type of person, you just have to focus on the next step, and, and, and you can't allow perfect. To become the enemy of progress. You have to think about what's the next thing I can do. Right? I don't have it all mapped out, but is there somebody that I can call? Right. So yeah, I want to start a podcast, but I haven't, you know, so I know people that will literally do months of research on podcasting. Right. And you talk to them later, oh, yeah, I'm still researching. I haven't started it yet. It's like, okay, what's the next thing you can do? You can call somebody that has a successful podcast, right? And then you have the people that are kind of the, the sociable, where they, they are, they, they, they don't want to make waves. Uh, they want to see everybody get along, but they tend to be more externally motivated. So, so they, they benefit that, from out external accountability. You know, a mentor, a coach. I think everybody can benefit from having a mentor, but this personality type, that, that sounds like you, you, you you're going to really work best and it can be as simple as making your goals public, right? So if you're going to do something, tell people that you know are going to ask you about it. Yeah. That just puts the pressure on you. That gives you that external uh, accountability. So th- those are just some examples of just how different personality types can overcome procrastination. I love it. So have accountability partners there to help us. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Is there ever a good time to procrastinate? Well, I, see, I think there's, there's a, such a thing as prudence, right? There, there's a season where you do need to evaluate, do your homework, right? But, but that can't be forever. <laughs> so, but, but sometimes we, we, you know, we can't confuse prudence with procrastination. So just because, let's say, you get an idea to start, oh, let's say you, you get an idea that you want to be a stand-up comedian, you know, that doesn't mean you're going to quit your job tomorrow. Yeah, that, that means that you know, there's a time where you probably need to look into stand-up comedy. You probably need to go to a couple of open mics <laughs> you know, to see if you have it. You know, just because you haven't just left your job and gone into it full-time doesn't mean you procrastinate. So, so there is a place to delay. But when you know, when you get to the point where you know that you need to do something and you're not doing it, that's when it's procrastination. Thank you so much, Eric, for sharing your stories and insights with us today. Here's some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, if we focus on becoming more, we don't have to fear what's next because we'll be prepared. Number two, if we focus on the process, the outcome will probably take care of itself. Number three, when we're clear on what we want, it makes it easier for us to say no to those things that don't line up. 
Number four, if we take the most important things in our week or month and block them in, we'll be less likely to procrastinate. Number five, when we're in more of a positive mindset, we're less likely to procrastinate. Number six, when we're aware of the distractions around us that might cause us to procrastinate, we'll be more likely to eliminate those things from our lives and procrastinate less. Number seven, just because something has to be done doesn't mean that we have to do it ourselves. And number eight, we can't get to the top without taking action. To learn more about or connect with Eric, you can find him on LinkedIn, visit his website, ericmtwigs.com, or check out his podcast, The 30 Minute Hour. And there's links to each of those sites in the blog post for this episode at monetizationnation.com. You can get my free ebook about passion marketing and learn how to become a top priority of your ideal customers at passionmarketing.com. You can also subscribe to Monetization Nation on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, our Facebook group, and on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for joining me for this episode. I wish you success as you strive to stop procrastinating. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.